it's Glenn Scrivener from Speak Life. We're doing Reading Between the Lines, and here is phrase number 15, and it is forbidden fruit. The forbidden fruit. And even that phrase, the forbidden fruit, uh, begins to make our mouths water, doesn't it? Because we imagine that if something is off limits, it must be delicious. Um, and really, if anyone holds something back from us, we expect that that thing must be the best thing, must be an awesome thing. And we tend to imagine that about God. We imagine that if He has kept anything from us, it must be because that is the delicious thing, that is the wonderful thing. Um, but if we think that, like that, that only shows how much our thinking has been corrupted by the fall. Because what we'll see is the forbidden fruit is not a holding out on us. The forbidden fruit is for our good. And we need to learn to trust the Lord rather than be suspicious of Him. Here's where uh, the forbidden fruit comes from. Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. Notice that first phrase, You are free. You are free. There has never been a more rule-free environment than the Garden of Eden back then in the beginning. Never in the history of humanity have there been so few boundaries. It's, it's astonishing, really. In the Garden of Eden, the Lord gives us His own garden. And He's not like the selfish giant who puts a massive wall around the garden and just keeps it for himself. The garden that He creates, which is His garden, He gives to humankind and He says, this is yours now. And He doesn't give them out-of-bounds areas. He doesn't put walls around it. He doesn't put you know, a list of 13 things not to do up on the trees. He says you are free. You are free to eat from any tree. And all the trees, all the fruit from all the trees are good for food. They're pleasing to the eye. There has never been such freedom in all the history of humanity. God is not a miser. And He's not this legalist who is uh, making these laws for us. Actually, what we'll see is in us taking the forbidden fruit, we are the legalists. We are the moralists. We are the ones bringing the law onto ourselves through the forbidden fruit. What do I mean by that? Well, let me read from Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. And here is how the couple go about eating the forbidden fruit. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. There are two things here that suggest to me that what Adam and Eve are doing are not brave, they're not being brave rebels fighting against a petty lawmaker. They're not overturning legalism, they're buying into it. They are grasping at lawmaking for themselves. Um, to put it in, in the words of the Apostle Paul that he would uh, speak about in the New Testament, they are bringing self-justification on themselves. They, they are trying to prove their own righteousness. Actually, the Lord had been very kind. He'd been keeping from them this self-justification. He had been keeping from them these declarations of good and evil. He'd been wanting to hold on to good and evil in his own hands, but we wanted to grasp them into our own hands, actually. Because to know good and evil is not just for Adam and Eve to have an idea about good and evil. Knowing in the Bible is a very deep and a very profound thing. Uh, if you read on to Genesis 4 verse 1, it says, Adam knew Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to a son. 
So what is it to know in the biblical sense? To know in the biblical sense is to take something to yourself in, in, in a profound way, in a deep way. What is it for Adam and Eve to know good and evil? They want to know the terms of good and evil. They want to take those terms into their own hands. They want to be lawmakers. They want to be judge. They want to be the ones who arbitrate in this world and decide what is good and evil. And as soon as they want to do that, you can see how legalism starts in their own lives. You know, Eve says, we must not even touch of the fruit or we will die. You know, the very first mistake that humanity makes in the history of the world is to add a law. Eve adds to the law and says, oh, we can't even touch the fruit. Why can't they touch the fruit? Touching the fruit would be a good thing. Pick up the fruit, throw it in the river, okay? That would not be a bad thing to do. But Eve adds to the law of God because what Adam and Eve are buying into with the forbidden fruit is they want to take good and evil into their own hands. And as soon as they do that, they become terrible legalists and self-justifiers and they play the blame game with one another and they point the finger. They become dreadful human beings. The curse comes upon them. Death comes upon them. All through buying into legalism. All through wanting to take good and evil into their own hands. What's the answer? The answer is that there's another man with another tree. The Lord Jesus Christ, the good man. The truly good man goes to his tree, the cross, and on the cross he takes the, the evil verdict on himself. He is the one who truly knows good. He is the one who truly knows evil. At the cross he knows evil deeper than anyone has ever known it. He is the one who holds on to good and evil. He is the true judge. But in his hands, the judgment does not lead to judgmentalism. Because in his hands, he takes our evil verdicts and gives us his good verdicts. He can reverse the curse for us. And so here is the one man who can truly know good and evil. Finally, there is a man who can truly know good and evil, the Lord Jesus. Finally, there is a man who can hold on to good and evil and define it for us and issue true judgments that don't lead to judgmentalism. And when we come to Jesus with all our evil, He takes it to the cross, nails it to the cross, and gives us his goodness so that now we can leave aside the judgmentalism. We don't need to point the finger. We don't need to play the blame game. And we don't need to think of God as this miser anymore who's holding out on us. God is not the legalist. We are. So let's come to Jesus. And instead of knowing good and evil for ourselves and making judgments on ourselves and others. Let us just entrust all ourselves and all our judgments into the hands of Jesus. As the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, he says, I want to know Christ. He had, he had wanted to build a religious CV of knowing that he was a, a great man, a Pharisee of Pharisees. But instead, at the end of all things, chapter 3 verse 10, he says, I don't want to know any of that. I just want to know Christ. He is the man who truly knows good and evil, and we can entrust that good and evil to him.